Hello and welcome to the Sport for Business podcast. I'm your host, Rob Hartnett, and in today's podcast, we are returning to our series talking with alumni from our Sport for Business 30 Under 30 in partnership with our good friends at PwC. Lorna Danaher was nominated and appeared on our list in 2020. You remember those days when no one could travel more than two kilometres from home and we were all locked down. Well, the 30 under 30 that year was a daily burst of positivity right when we needed it most. And Lorna has continued to provide that through the work she is doing with Energia. Today's podcast is all about taking advantage of the breaks when they come your way, working hard when you're given an opportunity and finding the fun in swapping a muddy field for the country's finest sporting venues. Lorna, you're very welcome to the Sport for Business podcast, looking at the alumni from the 30 Under 30 series down the years. Tell us a little bit about your career to date and what exactly you are doing right at this moment. Thanks so much for having me, Rob. It's always always great to, to get to chat to you and catch up on things. I suppose I, I kind of go back and I look at when I went to college and I did business and law and I'd always thought I was going to go and be a barrister until... Kind of came to my final year and I was like, actually, the business side and the marketing side is a lot more appealing. And I got into a lot of societies and students union when I was in college. And again, those marketing elements really kind of played a part. And then when I graduated, I went to America and I, I did a master's with uh, Smurfit. It was the Board BA Fellowship. So I was working kind of in the food industry across different marketing um, areas for a few brands. And I absolutely loved that. And it also kind of gave a broad appeal and when I moved home, I really wasn't sure which area, because the fellowship is quite broad and you get to work on so many different elements of brands, um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I was kind of spoiled with choice. And just by chance, um, I ended up being artist liaison at uh, an event and meeting the marketing manager, or she might have been the marketing director at that stage, Belinda Kelly of um, CNC Group. So met her through that event and she kind of got onto me a week later and said that there was a role as sponsorship manager and craft beer brand manager in CNC Group. So I thought that seemed like an amazing opportunity, the craft beer section of retail, obviously really growing at that stage. And the sponsorship side of it was that Bulmer sponsored a variety of festivals, a few smaller sporting events, but nothing of massive note at that stage. Uh, so I went in there and I was I was working across quite a broad portfolio of uh, of uh, festival sponsorships with Forbidden Fruit, Body and Soul, Metropolis. We went all together now, Bulmer's Live at Leopardstown. So that was kind of the, the bit of horse racing came in there and, and getting to work with the fantastic team at Leopardstown. And I was there for a couple of years. And, and in my final year at uh, CNC Group, they, sponsored, they decided to sponsor the Cheltenham Gold Cup. So that was really interesting. Got to really dig my nails into that and learn a bit more about the sporting side of the sponsorship industry. So we we did a really big activation, but with a very small budget. We created a TV ad on absolute pennies. And we also did an initiative to try and tie Bulmers and Magners to Cheltenham and obviously the heritage of horse racing in Ireland and in particular in Tipperary, which is also the home of Bulmers. So got really stuck in there and um, I kind of really enjoyed the sporting side of not having to be in a field in the rain as much. <laughs> um, 
And when I got to Cheltenham, just the scale and magnitude of that festival was was just incredible. So I then started looking beyond and was very lucky to get the role in Energia as sponsorship manager. At that time, they had uh, Leinster Rugby already signed up as a partner and they had just signed a contract with the IRFU uh, to sponsor the Irish Rugby team and the Energy AAL, which wasn't yet announced, but was the at the time I was told in the interview process that that would be part of the role, which was really exciting because I kind of after school, gotten really into rugby and and I was playing tag rugby and and getting quite into Leinster rugby as well. So it seemed like a really fun area to be in. Um, and so, yeah, so that's where I am now. I'm now sponsorship manager for not just Energia, but also Power and I and Energia Group and Energia Renewables. Isn't that great? And there were so many moments along the way there that you could never have planned a week, never mind sitting down at New Year's and thinking, okay, this is what I'm going to do with my career now. But having that ability and some might say courage to actually go with it when an opportunity presents itself is something which you're obviously a living example of. Yeah, I think I've always, and my, my friends and family would say this, I always tend to land on my feet. I, te- I I seem to be in the right place at the right time for things that are for me. And like in college, I wouldn't have even known really what sponsorship was. There wasn't exactly a full module on that um, at that time. But obviously, I've grown to become quite obsessed with it and and really enjoying the space now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky along the way. And no regrets about not pursuing a, a career in the law? No, no, definitely not. I've I've family members in it and it's it has its ups and downs, but now I'm definitely happier, happier out in the in the sponsorship industry. Fantastic. The fields of the festivals and the fields of play. It's always important when you're building your career as well that there are individuals who will lend a helping hand, who will provide a shoulder to lean on, who will give you advice at times when you might not have even known that you needed it. Who would some of the mentors have been with you, not necessarily by that name, but certainly by the actions of what they did? I think internally, my manager, Amy O'Shaughnessy, she's head of brand. She's brilliant. She's like, I always go to her with with challenges and opportunities. And she's she's never, she never says no. She always says yes. And she wants to explore things more and she'll thrash it out. And she's been internally a really massive part of my career. And then externally, I suppose, was Belinda Kelly, who was the uh, marketing director in CNC Group when I was there. And like, as I said, she kind of just picked me randomly and saw something in me that I could uh, potentially grow into. And, you know, through the years, we've stayed great friends. I think I've known her seven years now. And a lot of the time we pick each other's brains and I'm kind of happy now that sometimes she comes to me for advice and and vice versa. And and she's always a great person to pick the brain of. And then probably not a mentor, but a peer would be Naomi Keating in Bank of Ireland. I'd be quite close with her and she's just brilliant. And like, obviously she's involved in the Bank of Ireland sponsorship and we'd have a lot of commonalities there, but she's a brilliant person. A lot of the time I'll, I'll kind of go, what do you think of this? Or did you see that? And We'll always be sending each other articles or interviews or interesting activations. And she'd see an opportunity sometimes be like, that would be really good for you and and vice versa. Um, she'd, she'd be quite close, obviously, with energy from hearing me go on about it all the time. So she'd she'd have a good grasp of, of things that uh, we could possibly engage with. So, yeah, she's been a great person as well. It was it was always one of the things behind setting up Sport for Business in the first place, that ability to actually highlight 
really good work being done by different people within the sports and the sponsorship sector and and all of the areas of advocacy and partnership that uh, that are covered and it's you know it's great that you recognize that that you actually sort of see that you know you're never going to learn how to do great stuff from textbooks it's always going to come from seeing something that lights a spark that just creates some change in the way that you're thinking and the path that you're traveling down and uh, and you've obviously delivered on it really well because you know some of the stuff that you've been responsible for that's got your initials on them you know over the last couple of years have been really great some of them that really stand out in your own mind what would you consider to be your biggest successes to date God, it's it's hard to say because I think I actually forget 99.9% of the things that we've done. But the one thing that stood up as a massive, a massive kind of undertaking and also then achievement in the end was the Energia-AL, a 30-year rugby legacy. And um, when I first actually interviewed with Energia, that was one thing that I'd said that what I'd learned, I'd gotten really into Formula One from watching Drive to Survive as, you know, is not really a unique take, but the one thing I kind of took from it was people love people's stories. And when you can see kind of beneath the helmet or behind the jersey, case by case, um, it makes people more engaged. And that was the one thing I said about the AL was to, you know, humanize this league and tell those amazing stories because there were so many. Um, and, you know, at the time, I obviously got the role, but they're making a documentary series like, you know, it's the budget would never be there. Uh, as I learned, but then COVID came and, you know, we were, we were quite limited in what we could do and we all had a bit more time. So I kind of pitched it to Energia, like let's do a four minute, um, four episodes, four minutes, mini docu-series. Let's just, you know, make some social edits and like get some stories and engage some people and, you know, do something for the 30 year legacy of the AL because at that stage we didn't know what the league was going to look like for the next season. It could be not at all. It could be behind closed doors. It could be, we didn't know. So I was like, well, we can at least do this. And it could be virtual interviews or in person. Um, and that mini social series grew into a one hour documentary. We interviewed over 60 people. We were traveling around the country doing recording for two full weeks um, in that lovely heat wave back in whatever year, 2020 or 2021. Um, and just meeting so many people and hearing all the different stories about the clubs and the community and the volunteers. And it was it was a, a really amazing way for me to learn more about that club community and how Energia can can engage with them in a way that they want to be engaged with and just learn about it for the future of how we can better activate with them. And when once we kind of figured out that there was more to it than just, you know, a kind of quick social series, we pitched it to TG Carr and TG Carr took it. And I think to date they've aired it five times. And it's had over 180,000 views on last count whenever they had kind of told us and they 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 recited. We got an opportunity to meet amazing people. And actually one person who's top of mind was Keith Earls. He, for no charge, partook in the documentary. He, he drove two hours from his family holiday because his love of club rugby and his dad's legacy within the Energy AL was so strong that he just he wanted to come along and you know, like I think in the last couple of weeks, it's really reminded me about that, just hearing all the different things about him. And he was just incredible. And again, didn't ask for anything, just wanted to contribute and wanted to, you know, pay back this league and, and the club's legacy. So that was a massive, amazing undertaking that I got to produce a documentary. And then our most recent project, Tag Rugby for All, where we've gotten to, or the Rugby for All initiative, where we've gotten to come up with a five-year strategy of how to 
engage with people with physical and learning differences and bring them into the rugby fold and really really amplify the message of inclusivity within rugby and we're, we're doing that with Leinster uh, Rugby as partners and it's it's a really amazing initiative it's been in the works for a year and so you know when you've been working on something for a year and you've been dying to get it out there and now finally we've launched it a couple of weeks ago that's obviously a massive massive achievement that between ourselves and energy and Leinster and legacy communications we've we're all really proud of and really excited to see grow over the next five years. That's fantastic. I love the documentary side of it. That when you're when you're writing history, you're actually creating your own layer of history on top of that, and how you tell it often determines how people will remember it that might have even lived through it. But if it yeah. appears on television in a documentary, then that becomes the reality as opposed sometimes to what was actually lived. So that's something really special, which will last for 10, 20, 30 more years. And yeah, you're absolutely right. The you know, the Rugby for All initiative is one which when it launched, I just thought was wonderful. You know, it's it's a real reach out to, you know, the, the harder to to find places of society that sport is just as appealing to and has got just as important a role to play with. But sometimes in elite sport, we can tend to focus just on, you know, on the perfect and the, you know, the very top of the tree. Whereas I think that's a really important area. And we're going to be talking about that in a couple of weeks time, as well as part of our sponsorship series. So much for the successes and the brilliance. It's always interesting as well to find out some of the things that didn't work quite so well, but that you learned from, which so therefore they weren't a loss at all, really. Never make any mistakes, Rob. Absolutely. Just we're absolutely perfect on this side of the house. Uh, No, like I think it's not specifics. Like there was no massive big mistake made, but obviously thousands of little ones. And I think the one thing that I've learned is always communicate and you know, make sure that you're communicating with the partners that you're working with or your colleagues and and through communication, most things can be resolved. Um, I would have had a habit um, on occasion of potentially biting off more than I could chew and not knowing when to ask for help. And I think that that is, yeah, definitely one thing that I've learned through the big projects like the documentary and through um, even the, the Rugby for All initiative. You know, it takes a village to do things that are are really substantial projects. And I think that, yeah, it's taken me a few years to learn that I would have been overly independent at certain junctures in my career and tried to do it all myself, but not anymore. I know now that there's there's power in numbers. It's always important that two heads being better than one when it comes to yeah. the thorniest of subjects. Um, tell me something. You you've you, you've spoken of how your 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 life path changed when you were in college. Knowing what you know now, what words of advice would you have for your younger self? So when you were going through that process of entering into the law and finding a world which was going to be materially different to where you are now. What words of advice would you have said to somebody who was quite fixed in their thinking as to what was going to be the look and the shape of their life? God, they're like, there's a lot I think we can all look back on and say to our younger selves. I think the first thing I'd say is start saving young. I wish I'd started saving a lot younger. Always, I think one thing that I kind of hold true recently is have strong opinions, but loosely held. Always be open to listening and learning. That would be something that I value. The loosely held part, I think, is something that I've learned over time. But I also think that, you know, 
it's not rejection sometimes it's redirection like a lot of the times you know things didn't work out and I thought it was the end of the world but actually it's all actually going to work out and you will end up in a place that's good and where you're supposed to be um and that you'd be really happy in but yeah I think you know like you're there's a lot of unknown when you leave college and uh control freak this the path this is what has to be done uh but yeah going with flow is something that I've definitely learned over time and as I said has served me very well and and taking opportunities as they come really important you know to understand exactly what it is that you can control and what it is that you can't no hindsight's always 2020 though it is it is which is why it's nice to talk in hindsight so that we can really make ourselves look terribly clever you know as opposed to maybe some of the luck that might have played its part along the way can you can you remember when you were nominated for the 30 under 30 can you remember when your name appeared on the list in your morning bulletin yes out of the ether yeah because I had no idea that obviously I think it was Amy that nominated me at the time I had no idea she was doing that so I think I think somebody in legacy communications, actually, or a PR agency messaged me before I'd even seen it. Uh, I think I was in a meeting and I was like, what? What is this? And sent me a screenshot. And I was like, what is happening? And so, yeah, it was amazing. And like, I think as well, knowing that you'd be nominated is is very flattering and lovely for the ego. Um, but also what it meant and, and, you know, the network that it meant I was able to join was amazing. Can't remember what age I was at the time, but sure, I'm sure it was 21. <laughs> whatever year it was so yeah no I was I was delighted and very appreciated appreciative and and flattered so yeah thank yeah. you again <laughs> no not at all it's it's one of the nice things that we we like to do is that when somebody nominates I just sort of I'll, I'll write back and say yeah look in contention we always have many more nominations than actually make it onto the list but you know don't ask them if there's any other information that they'd like to include don't if you if I haven't got a photograph can you send me one but don't let them know that you're taking it of them for this purpose <laughs> yeah come surprise and you know life is, is always better when it has pleasant surprises coming into yeah, it yeah so, big time uh, you were well very well deserving of it at the time and you know pwc are great partners on it as well it very much fits with yeah. their you know their own approach to sponsorship they sponsor the you know the under 20s in rugby yeah. and they sponsor across you know a lot of youth and, and sporting activity so this fits very neatly with them and it's always a nice morning when we can bring each year's group back together again yes. for the first time uh, yeah big time it's a lovely opportunity to get to meet other people in the industry because like those are those are invaluable connections that you can really hold on to through the years no matter where we all end up The Sport for Business 30 Under 30 will return in February 2024 in partnership once more with our good friends at PwC. They're good at recognising talent. If you want to nominate somebody from your organisation or if you want to put yourself forward, just drop an email to rob at sportforbusiness.com and we will be taking nominations from the end of September with the publication of the list kicking off in February 2024. It could be a real game changer for you. Let me look a little bit to the future now. We've we we we're done with the past. We'll put away those things in a in a little box in ten or maybe twenty years' time. So we won't 
frighten energy or anything like that by saying that you're you're on the move in, in, in the very near future. But in 10 to 20 years time, what would you see as being the ideal job in which you could bring what you've learned in your career to date and have advanced through that sort of process of, you know, of learning every day when you wake up, finding something new that excites you and that you can deliver on. So you're you're at a point in that journey a few years down the road. Where would it be? Very tough question. I suppose, like, I can't necessarily put, like, a specific place or organisation because there, there'll be so many new things in 10 to 20 years' time, no doubt. I suppose... I just hope that I'll still be in a position, potentially a head of sponsorship role. Um, I would I would definitely like to see myself at that level um, and sooner rather than later. But I just hope that I'm still in a job that and a position to be able to innovate and to have, you know, the support and the confidence from those around me. Um, to make strategic decisions and to come up with activations that I believe to be meaningful and believe that they have the possibility to be very impactful. Um, I would hope that I'm in that position because to me, that's the dream that you have the backing to do those things and the budget in an ideal world. But, you know, like I, I, I like big projects. I like taking on something meaty, like the rugby for all thing. Like that's a five year strategy, the documentary kind of sold it as a smaller plan, but then had the backing and the support that when I was able to sell it in internally and to the IRFU that that I was able to get that backing. And I think that to me is the dream. It's it's to be able to do things that I believe to be innovative and meaningful with the support of those around me. Wherever that may take me, I'm not sure. But if I keep doing that, I'll be kind of happy to be honest. Excellent. And as you saw in the early stages of your career, it could happen with the most unexpected conversation or exactly place. So always be ready. It's great to chat to you about the career and about where you are now and where you've come from, you know, the benefits of the network that have uh, have accrued to you as well. And before I let you go, I just want to want to finish off as we do with each of the uh, of the interviews that we do in this uh, 30 under 30 series and close out with some some quick fire questions. So no need for fingers on the buzzer, but (laughs) I'll fire them at you. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing your answers. What's the best sporting event that you've ever attended live? Um, probably Cheltenham. That was amazing, just the scale and the, the sense of occasion with it. And we got good weather, so that made a big difference too. Cool. For five years, I ran the sponsorship of the Cheltenham Gold Cup at the time. And ah. it was it was a real highlight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm so old now that I had to worry about finding a way in which we could bring the old Queen Mother in England down from the Royal Box to present oh, the wow. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had to do that in a while now, it must be said. But uh, okay, uh, next up, uh, what's the sporting event that you'd most like to attend in the future? Um, Formula One Grand Prix in Las Vegas. And and alongside you in the supersonic hospitality at Las Vegas, Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo? Messi. Katie McCabe or Katie Taylor? Oh, that one's a tough one. Uh, Katie McCabe. Okay. I'm going to go with your rugby heritage of the current incarnation of Lorna Danaher. Leinster in a Heineken Cup final or Ireland in the Guinness Six Nations? Leinster winning a Heineken Cup final. Okay, that's an important stipulation. Yeah, yeah. 
definitely. Okay. They, they deserve it now. After the last couple of years, yeah, you've probably been there for some of the losses. So we'll put that behind us as well. Ladies football or Camogie? Ladies football. Serena Williams or Billie Jean King? Um, Billie Jean King. Tell me a favourite book that you've either enjoyed or, if it's in the non-fiction world, something that has really made you look at the world in a different way. I think... My favourite book is When All Is Said by uh, Anne Griffin. I just think it's she's an Irish author. And it's an amazing book. Um, and then in the nonfiction, I'll do both. Uh, Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. I loved that book. He is a, he's a pretty powerful writer. All right, every page you kind of think that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> makes you rethink things and look at them yeah. from a different lens. Work, working in marketing, his book about lies was was clearly an important. <laughs> That's what I'll say no more about that. Absolutely Uh, not. (laughs) A a favourite movie? Um, What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, sadly missed. And your go-to meal? Pizza. Pizza. Yeah. All right. And the last one, three words that would sum up your approach to life. Um, always be kind. Love it. It has been a real pleasure chatting to you, Lorna. I knew when you were nominated uh, back a couple of years ago uh, that you were going to be a, a, a real star of this group. And so it has proven to be. You're doing a great job at Energy at the moment. As I say, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thanks very much for taking the time. Amazing. Thanks so much, Rob. I hope you enjoyed that. The Energy All-Ireland League kicks off soon for the new season and we'll be talking to Lorna again about the new Rugby for All initiative that she is driving. If you want to find out more about what we do in the commercial world of Irish sport in all of its forms, then join us at sportforbusiness.com or drop me a line at rob at sportforbusiness.com just to say hi. You can subscribe to this podcast, which drops every Tuesday and Thursday across a wide range of sports, sponsorship, advocacy and other areas on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Sign up as well to our twice daily email bulletins or check us out on Twitter or LinkedIn. Thanks so much for taking the time once more to listen in today.